Hello and welcome to I Don't Know What I'm Talking About. I got hit really quite badly this week by Blue Monday. Hello and welcome back to I Don't Know What I'm Talking About, the podcast that aims to normalize unexpected and potentially uncomfortable conversations and encourages people to prioritize their mental health by talking about things that they wouldn't necessarily want to talk about. For those of you who don't know what Blue Monday is, let me explain, or at least let me explain my understanding of what it is. There is a scientist or was a scientist. I don't know who it was. I don't know if they're still with us who calculated that the third Monday of the year is basically the saddest day of the year. It's the year that most people are most sad. And it turns out this year, I got hit pretty hard with it. As I've said a hundred times on this podcast, uh, over here we are all about prioritising talking about things that people wouldn't necessarily want to talk about. One of those things for most people, in particular most men, is their feelings. Sometimes it's seen as a weakness. Sometimes it's seen as uh, vulnerable uh, when people don't want to come across as vulnerable. But the fact of the matter is everybody feels. Everybody has feelings. Everybody is happy. Everybody is sad. Everybody is indifferent at some point in their life. I don't know what it was, but yesterday I found myself in a real rut and I couldn't, just could not get myself out of it. Now, I have to wonder because I had heard of Blue Monday before, but never as explicitly as this year it seems as as though wherever i went on social media everybody was talking about blue monday i i follow uh, the feel good club on instagram they were talking about blue monday the uh, lad bible were talking about blue monday uh, boys get sad too who are a brand that i love and um i wear their clothes and and support them uh, as much as i can they were talking about Blue Monday, and it just seemed to be everywhere. So, I do have to wonder whether it was a psychological thing, like a placebo. Like, I I know that today is Blue Monday, therefore I need to find a way of being unhappy. Whether or not that is the case, it worked. And, like I said, I found myself feeling really low, really lethargic, just didn't really want to do anything. Like I said, I think just the knowledge that it was Blue Monday made my brain go, well, what have you got to be sad for? And it just started picking things. And the two main ones were basically, I won't say anything too much on here, but I've I've been in talks with a person who is, let's say, um, an expert in their field, 
who's going to help me out with the podcast and helping it grow. I'm, I'm not going to say much more than that, but I had a meeting with him on on Sunday, so literally the day before Blue Monday, and uh, for want of a better phrase, he absolutely lambasted my social media content, but I I knew going into it that I didn't have the knowledge that obviously he has, I could only go off what I was seeing other podcasts post on social media and do similar things to that, and um, essentially there's kind of like an overhaul going to happen in that sort of area, and that was kind of playing on my mind because he wasn't backwards and going forwards in the way he was phrasing things. He he quite simply told me that what I was doing was shit. In literally those words. He didn't beat about the bush. So that was kind of playing on my mind. Even though I think in the long run it's going to be a positive thing. I'm hoping at least. Uh, and the second one was basically, without going too in, too deep into details... Um, because even though even though I I love promoting people talking about their feelings, I don't want to overshare. Um, and very very personally to me, um, it's it's around about a year ago that I went through some really dark times, uh, tough times, which I came th- I came through um, with the help of loved ones, obviously, and I. I just made myself very aware, and I think it was because I was thinking about the whole Blue Monday thing, I just made myself very aware that, you know, we're coming up to the kind of one-year anniversary of of this really, really shit time in your life. So that was also on my mind yesterday, on Blue Monday of all days. And so being being who I am and wanting to talk about my feelings, I spoke up and I actually said to Heather, I contacted Heather from work and said, look, I'm feeling awful, for want of a better word. Uh, I feel really down. Here's why, X, Y, and Z. And I love her so much. This is why I'm so in love with her. She's just the best human. So within three minutes of me telling her that I had had a shit day and I was having a really shit time of it, of this whole Blue Monday thing, she basically came back and was like, I've booked us a table. Um, We're going to go out for Italian tonight. It's my favorite food. We're going to go out for Italian. And we're going to have a nice night, have really good food, have some drinks, and come home and chill. And we had the most beautiful night. And she is the most perfect human. I got way too soppy there. But... Yeah, that was my that was my blue Monday. I got really down, and then we really picked it up. Um, and Heather rephrased it and said, "Let's not call it Blue Monday. Let's call it Black Monday." Um, largely because black is Heather's favorite color. <laughs> That's all she likes to wear, which I think we have mentioned before on the podcast when she's been on. Then, um, when it came when it came time to to go into bed, um, I will just say this quickly. Um, and it's it's a podcast that doesn't need a shout out because they've by all means and purposes they have already got a huge following but i will i will just say just in case you haven't come across this particular podcast and if you're having trouble sleeping um i think it's called sleep cove um and it's a it's a 
really good podcast. They do lots of different things. They do like sounds of the ocean waves type things. They do stories where you just lie in bed and listen to a story, um, which will send you off to sleep. But what they also do, um, because the the podcast host is um, a, hi- a hypnotherapist, um, they do these this like hypnotherapy stuff. And I've been listening to them to go to sleep to, and I shit you not. In my life, I have suffered with insomnia on on the odd occasion, and that gets me down as well, really badly, because I love my sleep. I have not found anything until this podcast that will send me off to sleep in a decent, what I would refer to as decent amount of time. So I just wanted to give them a shout out, Sleep Cove, if you haven't listened to them, if you're having trouble getting to sleep, listen to them. I've been listening to, basically, it's like hypnotherapy. So he's a hypnotherapist, and he'll talk you through. And it's different things as well. Like, uh, there's one about getting over PTSD. There's one about uh, not overthinking things. Um, and there's one uh, about financial success. Um, and it's nice to just listen to these as um, this guy's voice will slowly rock you off to sleep. I say slowly. I put this on most nights and I don't have any recollection of anything that the guy has said after about three minutes in. It's that quick. It gets me to sleep that quickly. It's brilliant, honestly. Listen to it if you're having trouble sleeping. And then once you are asleep, those subliminal messages are sent to your kind of unconscious mind. And then hopefully it should help you with the different things that you are that you might be struggling with. So yeah, I had a really shit Blue Monday that was then picked up and polished off by my wife. And then I went to sleep very easily via a podcast called Sleep Cove. Now let's spin the wheel. Okay, and the topic is cricket. Cricket is, and I'm happy to go on record and say this, in my opinion, the most boring of all British sports. I don't see, I don't understand the rules. This whole test thing, you got to take a test. Like, what's this whole test? Can we not have matches or games or sets or like what's a test and it goes across days and days and days what is it quidditch i just don't understand it i get the basic premise the ball gets bowled you hit the ball and you run between the two stumps as many times as you can but then what's all this like oh they've got six overs um oh these are you know I mean, I can't even, I don't even know the terminology. I don't know why I'm trying to explain, like, what I don't know. I just can't see the enjoyment that people get out of watching two humans run between two sets of sticks like this. And I suppose when it's described like that, you could say that for any sport realistically um and people might hate me for this but genuinely one of my favorite sports is snooker (laughs) which i 
can assume most people would argue is more boring than cricket. Even though I would disagree. Snooker is... It's a tactical game. And I really appreciate Ronnie O'Sullivan, by the way. Ronnie O'Sullivan still hasn't won a Sports Personality of the Year, but he is Britain's most decorated sports person. How has this how has this gone by the wayside? Sorry we're talking about snooker now instead of cricket. But the thing is with snooker, the thing I love about snooker is it's tactical. So yes, you've got to get the balls in the holes, but for instance, you've got to knock the red in and then you've got to get onto a colour with the white ball. You can't just knock the red in and hope that the white ball lands in an appropriate area. These guys can these guys could show you on a on the head of a pin where that white ball is going to land. They could go, right, I'm going to hit that red ball into that pocket and the white ball is going to land there, right there. And that is exactly where the white ball will land. They've got to put the perfect amount of top spin or bottom spin, the perfect amount of speed, the perfect, like, those guys are phenomenal at what they do. And girls and humans in general are brilliant snooker players. For me, cricketers are just run. That's it. Oh, sometimes it goes out of bounds and it's a four. Well done, you've got four runs. Sometimes it goes out without bouncing. Well done, it's a six. I just, I can't, um, I can't get on board with cricket, the sport. I am sorry to any cricket fans out there. And that's all I'm going to say on cricket, as in the sport. Some of you then were thinking, God, that was a short topic. No, that isn't me. You know that's not me. I don't just give up after two minutes. I'm now going to move on to the animal. Jiminy Cricket. I mean, I'm not, I can't say anything about Jiminy Cricket. I Obviously, you know I'm a huge Disney fan, but actually, and this is probably blasphemy as far as most Disney fans are aware, um, I have never seen Pinocchio. Um, and at this point, most Disney files have switched off. So goodbye. Yep, I've never seen um I've never seen Pinocchio. So I don't really know much about Jiminy Cricket. He's a conscience. Somebody's conscience. Is he Pinocchio's conscience? He's a conscience of someone. We don't know whose. I don't know whose. You probably know whose, but I don't know whose. Have you been watching The Mass Singer? That's an open ended question. No one's replying. At this point, um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but at a point of release and at point of record of this episode, um, Cricket still hasn't been unmasked. And I want to say that my assumption is through through not through guessing through any of the clues or anything, but literally because of the guy's voice, it's Lamar. It is Lamar. And I'm going to put that on record. I'm pretty certain it's Lamar. I was absolutely astounded when, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, um, Rat was unveiled last week and it turned out to be Shirley Ballas, head judge from Strictly Come Dancing. But none of, none of her clues pointed towards her 
at all. I was convinced she was going to be Scottish because the little rat costume had tartan patterns all over it. And actually, if you looked at the overalls, it was blue with a white little cross across the front of it. But I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe she does have some connection with Scotland. But, I mean, it's tenuous at best if she does because she's clearly Northern Lass, as in English. That's how she talks, at least. We we used to have a bearded dragon. His name was Errol, and he was he was my sister's pet. But he was he was a family pet essentially, um, and we used to have to feed him locusts and crickets. And here's the thing with um, with reptiles in the UK. This is the law. Obviously, reptiles are carnivores. They eat meat, um, and Obviously, the bigger the reptile, the bigger the thing that they need to eat. I did my work experience in high school at the pet shop where we got Errol from. And the biggest thing that Errol ever ate was locusts. You're not allowed to feed your reptile anything alive that has a backbone. I'll explain. Crickets and locusts, they are insects. They don't have backbones. They are invertebrates, or invertebrates, or whatever the word is, invertebra. So they can be fed to the animal live. People are going to hate this, by the way, <laughs> where I'm going with this. Some people have snakes, um, constrictors, pythons, you know, whatever sort of size snake. And they will eat bigger animals, not locusts. They'll eat um, mice, uh, rabbits, guinea pigs. And so if you're going to feed one of these to your pet snake, you can't feed them live because they have backbones. They are mammals. And so at this place where I did my work experience, bearing in mind I was only 14 at the time, and I wasn't told this before I ended up going into the freezer. They had frozen, pre-dead, fully intact, not like how you would see at the meat counter, guinea pigs everywhere. And 14-year-old me had a little cry because I remembered my little guinea pig, whose name was Piglet, that I had when I was a small child and couldn't help thinking he would just be fed to a snake. That's a sensationally tenuous link to crickets, but sometimes you just have to make it work with this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, we had a bearded dragon. We never had anything bigger than that, so he only ate insects, nothing bigger than, than a locust or a cricket. On that note, let's spin the wheel again. Okay, and the topic is stage-to-film adaptations. I'll be honest with you, and this might disappoint some people, even though I'm a huge fan of musical theatre, I cannot think of a show, other than probably Les Mis, where I have seen the stage show 
and seen the film, <laughs> or at least seen the stage show before I saw the film. There are plenty of shows where I've seen the film and then the stage show. Uh, for instance, uh, Grease. Grease, I don't know if people know this, um, but the musical Grease is very, very different to the film Grease. There are a ton of songs that just don't appear in the film whatsoever that are brilliant songs. There's a great song called Rock and Roll Party Queen, which I actually got the pleasure to sing with one of my best mates, Matt, in the show. Um, we did the show uh, twice, actually, once in 2015 and then once in 2019. And obviously I'd seen the film a handful of times before before that. Someone actually asked us once, when we were in rehearsals for Grease the first time, they said, how are you going to do the drag racing scene? And we were like, the drag racing scene isn't in it. And she was furious that the drag racing scene wasn't going to be in the show. But actually, people forget, the stage show was written before the film musical. So the drag racing scene was actually added to the film for whatever purpose, I don't know. Uh, there was uh, another show that I was in. Actually, me and Heather played opposite each other in Little Shop of Horrors. I played Seymour and she played Audrey. And I had never realised that in the stage version of that show, Audrey and Seymour both die. They both get eaten by the plant and perish. But, and I read this, I read this somewhere... Um, they made the film version of the stage show and when they played it for test audiences, they didn't like it. They didn't like the fact that the protagonist and the leading lady both died at the end. So they changed it for the film. So Seymour and Audrey don't die at the end of the film. Whereas they do in the stage show. It's a completely different ending for no reason one of my all-time favorite musicals is Les Mis it's the show that it's the show that turned me onto musicals my dad got me into it and I just fell in love with that music and the film I actually saw three times in the cinema I enjoyed the film There were aspects of it which I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy Russell Crowe. That's my personal opinion. It's not an attack on Russell Crowe. It's just my personal opinion. I think he's a brilliant actor. But personally, for the part of Javert, you need someone who is uh, trained and powerful enough vocally to play that part, and unfortunately, Russell Crowe was he like he fell short. It's unfortunate, but he fell he did, he fell short there. At this point, I must apologise because Heather has people round, and you can probably hear them in the background. I'm going to try my absolute best to talk over it or cut it out where possible, <laughs> but um, you might hear that. Um, the extreme close-ups of Lame is were unnecessary. Obviously, to an extent, the director wanted to 
prove that they were singing live because this was this whole revolutionary thing that they were all singing live and not dubbed and miming to a track or anything like that so they wanted to prove that and show that and everything and they they showed it i just don't think they needed that many extreme close-ups of everybody's face and you know to show the emotions and everything sasha baron cohen was sasha baron cohen let's be honest um i think he's i think he's a a great comedy actor but he he was exactly as you'd expect him to be i don't think he did anything very specific with the part of monsieur Tenardier, um and you know anything to make it kind of his own well, I suppose he did make it his own in that he just acted it as Sasha Baron Cohen would have done in any other film and Helena Bonham Carter although I think she's a phenomenal actress in fact just as a side note Heather and I finished watching The Crown this this year this this Christmas and um of all the characters across all of the seasons Princess Margaret was our favourite because in every single series the outstanding performance was from Vanessa Kirby, Helena Bonham Carter and Leslie Manville. Oh my god, they were incredible. Helena Bonham Carter I think is one of Britain's best actresses. However, when I saw her as Madame Thenardier in Les Mis, I didn't think she was too dissimilar to Mrs Lovett when she played her in Sweeney Todd. Which is unfortunate because they, they, both those characters had the potential to absolutely steal that film, and unfortunately, didn't for me. There we go. Um, Heather, like I said, has lots of friends around. This is really unfortunate timing in terms of um, recording. <laughs> I had to get it recorded tonight, so otherwise I won't get it out before Friday. Um, so I hope this hasn't kind of ruined the end of the podcast for you. But there we go. There's my take on stage to film adaptations or film to stage adaptations or at least just the adaptation of a musical betwixt the stage and the big screen. Thank you. If you've got any comments, questions, topic suggestions or if you just want to converse with me about any of the topics that I've ever talked about on this podcast, then send them into don'tknowwhatpod at gmail.com. If you click the link tree link in the description of this podcast or this video, if you're watching on YouTube, then you can find me on all of my other adventures, including seeing me as Charlie Price in Kinky Boots when that is on in Cheshire in April. If you could, which you should, and I hope you will, you can give me a five-star review on whichever podcasting app you're listening on. If you do that, it'll be a great big boost for me. It'll send me right up the charts. And we can hopefully try and grow this community further. Subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcasting app you're listening on by clicking the little plus icon at the top. Or subscribe to the podcast on YouTube by just pressing the subscribe button. It's Friday today, so enjoy the weekend. Put your feet up. Have fun. Do whatever you need to do, and I'll see you on Monday when I could be talking about literally anything. Bye.